You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast on the BICBP Radio Network with your hosts, EZD Derek Jaws, T-Wave Taylor Sekaterski, Big Diesel Nick Yelich, Bold Claim Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Do you like great food, good drinks, and some of the best bar life in Western New York? Then head up to the Union Pub downtown or the Transit Music Lounge in Depew. Looking for a great place to go on game day? The Union Pub offers game day specials for every Bills game as well as a great place to stop before and after every Sabres home game. They also offer beer buckets, wing specials, and more. Do you stick more to the burbs? Are you a music lover? Then check out the Transit Music Lounge offering live music every Friday and Saturday with some of the biggest names in the Buffalo music scene. Hit them up on Taco Tuesday or check out Burger Thursdays for the best burgers in Western New York. Both locations offer some of the best food you've ever had and a great sports and music bar atmosphere. And now, they offer catering for the holidays, too. For the most up-to-date news on the Union Pub and the Transit Music Lounge, find them on Facebook and never miss a beat. That's the Union Pub located at 38 Swan Street across from the ballpark and the Transit Music Lounge at 4723 Transit Road in Depew. Stop out, have a drink, and enjoy some great food today. The Transit Music Lounge and the Union Pub are proud sponsors of Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast, a championship-caliber podcast based out of Buffalo, New York. I am your host, EZD, and joining me is the OG, the original co-host of the show, back in in living color with his cruise background in full effect on the Zoom call. Taylor, T-Wave, what's up, my man? You know what? The cruise background is all I have to offer for happiness right now. (laughs) I had to put it on there to spruce up the mood. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I put it on the Twitter account today this morning. I'm driving home from work and I, I'm literally just going through the motions. And I'm just like, yeah, it's uh it's rough out there. It's so bad I had to re-download TikTok cuz I can't look at Twitter or anything cuz it's just it's just Bill's sadness. So I had to re-download uh you know, new dog videos and stuff so I could entertain my day with something else. Yeah, I got to go venture the the far corners of the talk for sure. Yeah, there's a lot out there. Right? I mean, and I found a new interest in food, which is fun. I, not that I lost an interest in food, obviously my fat ass, but, um, you know, just some new accounts, some new ideas to do some new cooking. So it's been uh, rejuvenating this uh, for sure. Bill's loss. I'll just walk you right into it if we have to. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to start with the other games if you want to. We don't have to talk about the Bills right away. No, let's put, let's rip the bandaid off and get over it. So, oh, go good, oh good. Yeah, no, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Put it be, put it behind us where this boat is behind me. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the Bills will not be on a boat. No ships in Buffalo this year. Um, tough one. Great game, all around. Great game. Fun to watch. Fun to be a part of. But just once, I want one of these to go our way. Yeah, that's uh, the tale of our our career or our. Our fandom, I guess, as it were, is we can't just get one of those to go our way. Unfortunately, it's been uh, it's been a long time coming. I think everyone thought this was the year, especially you know watching the other games and watching Tampa Tom go down and right. It was all lining up. The Bengals win. Everything happened. This was the year. It all pointed in that direction. And uh, yeah, short end of the stick at the end there again. Yeah. So you know, I mean. A couple things that I I was not a fan of, and we we had the the ability to watch the game together this uh, this week, with it being out of town and down there in uh, in twenty nine Norman, if you will. And uh, I look back, 
I looked at you in the middle of the second quarter after our first three and out where it was run, run, run. And I went, don't like that. Yeah. Was, uh, and that was, I mean, there wasn't a lot of low points in the game, honestly. I mean, outside of the ending, obviously, but there were very few mistakes that were made on our end. We had that little lull, like right where you said there, but I mean, for the most part, like, it's, it was a fairly flawless game from both teams. I mean, if you look at penalties and stuff, now I understand there were penalties that are not called, but that happens in every game. So I'm not going to count. I'm not going to nitpick at, you know, Eddie O getting held. I'm sure we did the same thing. And then my Bill's Twitter feed just isn't showing me all the holding <laughs> on defensive linemen for KC. So, I mean, I get that my, my source of news is very one-sided nowadays. So I'm not out here to uh, point fingers in that direction. I mean, the, uh, the better team on the field that day won the game at the end for how they came up with the last, you know, 13 seconds and then dominated in overtime. What am I going to do? The rules are the rules. Uh, do I hate them? Yes, but I can't blame them for why we lost because they existed already. So they weren't put into place in the middle of my game that just said, oh, screw Buffalo. You know, I, I had the lead with 13 seconds left. I didn't need to get to overtime and I still had a chance to stop a team from walking down the field on me with ease and stuff it in my end zone. So I, uh, I was a better team for 59 minutes. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. It was, uh, it was, I, it was the game that was advertised. It was a shootout. And I know I, I said to you at the beginning of that game, this was the new Brady Manning. And then it went out there and looked like it with, I don't know, more pizzazz than Brady and Manning and probably ever put on a field together, honestly. Without question. I don't know. I mean, it just, what was it? Three or four lead changes and the game getting tied in a minute and 57 seconds or something crazy like that. Yeah. And now it was a one score game. Now I could be wrong here, but I don't remember a lot of Colts Patriots games being tight. I feel like one team always kind of won decisively. Like Tommy either beat Peyton up a lot or Peyton had his way with them. I don't remember games that went shootout style like that. Now, again, I could be wrong with that thing. I mean, you're, just, you're not going to find a lot of games compared to that really uh, anytime soon, I don't think. <laughs> I think the closest thing you could come to that would be, and like you said, it wouldn't be a shootout. It might be a tight game, but you know that would be more of kind of a defensive battle. You know, the Colts had a, a, a decent secondary for a little while there, and obviously slowing Peyton down, you know, the, the, the defensive side of the ball is where Belichick cut his, cut his chops, if you will. So, I mean, I would probably guess that there were tight games, but probably not in the realm of 42 to 36. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you can scroll back through the sheets. I don't think you're finding a 42, 36. And I, I mean, there were no turnovers in this game. Like I, if you go back and watch highlights, there are games where, Brady and or Manning are getting picked off left and right. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to crown new goats by any means, but that game itself, if you're just looking at that game, that game, I think, uh, is probably the best one anyone's ever seen. I mean, TV ratings didn't lie about it. 90% share in the fourth quarter. Yeah, insane. Come on. Um, that's, and, I mean, that's a crazy number. And NFL players themselves on Twitter, like, Oh my God, what am I watching? This may be the greatest football game ever played. Oh my God, this is a barn burn. Like when, when guys on teams that are no longer playing are like, holy crap, this is fun to watch. You're doing something special. Well, I mean, let's just uh, give Fitz credit for being first in line. He actually showed up to a game. He knew, 
he knew the team he was watching this year. Absolutely. <laughs> which, which I mean, so we, we have two really cool things going for us right now. We have starting quarterbacks for other teams coming to our playoff games to party with our fans. And we have Josh fucking Allen. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's nice to finally be able to say, I always have a chance because I got that guy. Um, I mean, that's stuff we've talked about on this podcast for years now. And it usually was just in the direction of Patriots always have Brady. So they always have a chance. And now it's me. I can say that about me until I don't have him anymore, which honestly, I now look at Josh Allen like my dog. I can't imagine a day not having him. And when they go, I'm going to cry like a little bitch. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to cry like a little bitch. I, I, can I don't care you. if the man's past his prime and holding on by a thread. <laughs> I'm going to be mad when he leaves. Right? <laughs> I, uh, I can tell you, we had a conversation in our household that if Josh Allen were to show up at our door and ask Allie to marry him, that she would. And I said, duh. Because yeah, I mean, I mean you, like if, if if there's one human being on the planet that's going to be Mister Steal Your Girl in my world, let it be Josh Allen. And I told her she's like, "I'll keep you as a side piece." I go, "Good, just make sure I get a suite to all the games." And that was the conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I assume you'd be able to shop on the side too. You'd be able to make that work. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we don't got to talk about it. I'll just bring it up one time. We don't got to talk about it after this. <laughs> well, then, you know, hope, hopefully in the realm of that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, it, it's one your, of those Your things. girlfriend actually listens to this stuff, too. I know mine doesn't, so she'll never hear anything I say here. She, she doesn't listen to this one. Oh, okay, she, good. She, she, likes the other, she likes two of the other two of the other three. Perfect. That's, that's plenty. There's more than enough to go around. Yeah, sport, sports talk's not her jam. She likes the sports. She likes, you know, the bills and stuff, but hearing people talk about it is not her cup of tea so yeah i can understand that kind of like watching housewives to me i don't understand it at all yeah but they love it and i well i just i think maybe it's that their way of getting drama outside of like our relationship and if that's what it is that's fine go get it somewhere else absolutely <laughs> i am on board with that so uh definitely a heartbreaking loss you know the uh i've i've gone to war with people on social media because just out of pure anger and i I try not to do this anymore, but I've just been so mad the last two days that I, 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 I woke up and chose violence Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week of going in, going in on people saying, oh, they should have squib kicked it. Like, you, you don't know what a squib kick is. Like, tell me you don't know football without telling me you don't know football. I mean, I have a lot of arguments about the end of the game. How we kicked, I don't know. I mean, it's 13 seconds. How we kick the ball is one thing. Um, why my corners are playing a sideline defense with my linebackers 15 yards deep to open up against. I that that made no sense. You can kick the ball wherever you want to, as far as I'm concerned. Now, would I have liked to take a tick or two off? Sure. But did that cost me that? No, no. My defensive play calling without question at the end of that game, just, I mean, let them walk down the field. And then you turn around and watch these highlights of these dudes that literally didn't actually have plays called. They just kind of talked to each other and said, Hey, look at all this room here. You go here, you sit here. We'll do this twice and yeah. be in field goal range. That was all they did. The enemy, no wonder why no one's calling him. He didn't call the plays. <laughs> Travis Kelsey did. Yeah. No Travis kidding. Kelsey went, Hey, uh, Tyreek do this. And then he ran it and he goes, Oh, that's bad here. Let's do this. It sounded like us on a Monday night when I watch a safety go somewhere. I'm like, Hey, Hey, look, 
<laughs> this this is foolish. We should exploit this. They did that on their own. Yeah. Why is Levi Wallace playing an outside shade when there's no one even outside of him? Where's he going? Right. Where's he going? The Chiefs have three timeouts, which means the middle of the well, not three. They had timeouts. So the middle of the field was open. Well, I mean, we had to play defense on the whole field, and we didn't. Yeah. We just didn't. We'll kick the ball where you want to. I need to play defense. I really and really the whole reason I, I chose violence on that specific part is just because it's like you, you can't argue with the fact that our, our defensive play call was atrocious. You can't argue with the fact that there were, I mean, there were two, the first time we played these guys this year, we gave up two plays of 20 yards or more midway through the third. We had already given up seven. And then after that, we gave up two long touchdowns. Um, You know, I, I just don't, I don't understand what the thought process of going into that, you know, deep and outside prevent look was like, because when they started that drive, they had all three, they did, they had all three timeouts and through, you know, through, I knew it was at least two. Yeah. And, and basically through like a 12 yard down a screen, 12 yards downfield, which was, I mean, really, that's all that first play was like, yep. Hey, we're going to do this. You cut underneath us, catch the ball and you'll have two blockers. It like, that's, that's a wide receiver screen. Yeah. That plays old. <laughs> that's not new. No, nothing, nothing new about that. <laughs> Kelsey said, I'm going to run my guy up the field. I'm not really going to run a route, though. Just tuck in behind me and catch it. And, okay. and then, like, good he, for him, by the way. Good right. for him. And he, go, I he mean, goes to the huddle, and it's it's like, you want to talk about how smart that dude is, which pisses me off. Because either he's that smart, or like he like he knew. Or we were that bad that in those two play calls. I mean, shit. Right, like, he, he knew what we were going to do. Like, hey, man, if this dude's on the outside, like, I'm going to take five steps, turn in, and hit me. Like, and they come out and you still, when you watch Mahomes, Kels, do it, Kels, do it, do it, Kels, Kels, yeah, 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 do it. And he did it. Fuck. That's the, first of all, that, so the first play doesn't bother me so much when Kelsey calls the runoff and the underneath. But then after that, knowing where the seam is, so now I have Mahomes yelling at one of his best players on the team, literally yelling at him to do it. So how everyone on the field didn't just look at Kelsey and go, hey, we should stop him. Mahomes is yelling at him right now. And then you see Kelsey creep in. He actually narrows his alignment to get further inside of Wallace. That was memo number two of, hey, I'm pretty sure he's going to run this seam. I mean, I just, we collapsed there, absolutely collapsed. And they did it in front of our face. It was like they called the play to us and we just said, eh, maybe they're lying. <laughs> this this was like having that dude that you play pickup ball with all the time and whenever he calls the huddle he's getting the ball like th that's what this was <laughs> yeah and the worst and the best part is that he called the first play knowing he was getting the ball the second play he goes well if this one works watch this shit right. and that's exactly what he did he set himself up for the second play i mean like you said it pisses me off because he was he was brilliant there and and we just we advertised it defensively so it wasn't exactly i mean hard in the moment that's still an amazing play i'm not going to take credit away from what he called but geez if you look at that in still shots on the field i mean i i know a 12 year old's going to draw that one up hey look at all this space <laughs> uh, like dude, dude's playing madden go really that's what you're in <laughs> come on yeah you know the pre-snap when everyone backs out and go, oh oh <laughs> Well, that's uh that's rough yeah the kick didn't kick is what it is the the 13 seconds cost me that's i mean and like i said I, it for for me it was just the fact of like i get irritated by people 
saying things that aren't what they think they mean. And like, I needed well, something. Especially when that's their sole argument. Their whole argument is this kick. Like, there was a whole other game that happened. Oh, yeah. And I, like, I look at it like, first off, you don't know what a squib kick is. You, what you're probably, what I think you think you're saying is that high, that high short kickoff that lands between the five and the goal line to make them return it. Sure. But that's not a squib. <laughs> that's, that's not. Yeah. And now, now there's rumor coming out that that was actually what was called, but uh, whoever was supposed to radio it into bass didn't. And apparently you can see one of the bills returner uh, return coverage guys look at the sideline and throw his hands up when the ball goes out of the end zone. Like, what are we doing? And, you know, it, it, it's just all garbage online speculation. You know, the, the guy who wrote that yeah. article didn't cite his sort at, source at all, just sources inside the bills say, and he's the only one reporting on it. So, but I, I just, yeah, well, I'm sure sources inside the bills would like everyone to think that we wanted to call that play because it looks like an epic collapse of coaching in that regard. I mean, I'd li- I would like to believe that too, but it doesn't matter. I don't care if they did call it or didn't call it. It right. doesn't, it the, doesn't matter. The, the, the kickoff, <laughs> kickoff to me is really just a moot point and the only like it's just it's the only thing that i could go off on people and feel good about i mean who is to say that if we don't if we don't pooch it or kick it to make him kick it or actually a squib kick it to make him return it or an actual squib kick i mean those balls can go out of bounds they can get returned for a touchdown like kicking the ball out of the end zone at least made them go 75 fucking yards guaranteed not 75 but they had to go you know what i mean they had to play offense to beat us, whereas, I mean, things can go wrong on kickoffs. And I understand that's rare, but, I mean, who's to say a 20-yard return and a penalty on me doesn't put them in field goal range right off the bat? I don't know, you know? Right. I mean, a tr- I'll, put my, I'll put my number one defense on the field. How's that? 100%. How's that? And we said that watching this game. Like, 100%, we said that watching the game. Like, well, you need your number one defense to make a stop. We said it at the start of the game. When, like when they went for it on fourth down twice on the opening drive. And I went, yeah, yeah, let's go. I have the number one defense. I'm scoring points. You need to score points too. Yeah. We, we determined what kind of game that was going to be. And then we collapsed on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is uh, promising. I think we dictated terms. I mean, I know we played from behind a little bit, but like we set the tone in the beginning of that game with those fourth down attempts that this was going to be a, uh, I mean, who can score more points? I'll put my defense out there and see. And we did. We yeah. leaned on him there for a while because we were having the short turnarounds, the three and outs in the middle of the game there. And, and not only I mean, for the most part, they held yeah. up. It was it was going to be a shootout. We went back to back. I, I'm pretty sure close to back to back three and outs because I'm pretty sure we had we had the three and out at in the middle of the second. Then they drove and missed the field goal because that was the one that would have put them up. 21 to seven at half and instead it stayed at 14 they came yes. out yes and then then okay then we were then we scored they came out and scored we went three and out again they kicked a field goal and in one play we got it back and went here you go defense you've been on the field for 27 of the last 29 minutes go get it yeah. Like, yeah you're right we threw the bomb got back into the game <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, and uh, Gabe Davis, what a day! Holy cow! That's a that's a Hall of Fame collect my jersey day right there. Sure is. Not even the old Jerry Rice. That was a nice little comment they threw us that way. I mean, that was yeah, over two and four scores is crazy. That's crazy. 
Yeah, first player ever to do four scores in a game in a playoff game, and uh, the Bills now have two players on top of the all-time single-game playoff list. I believe it's Andre Reid is uh, most yardage in a game back when the Tennessee comeback game. Uh, no, I I want to say because we're we're also zero and two in those games. We lost that right. game. I, I'm pretty sure it was a Miami game, I believe. Uh, uh, all right. So he he tore it up, got all the yardage, and they ended up finding a way to lose at the end. And you know, Gabe Davis four touchdowns. No one's ever done it. Bills take the L. And I w- I you know I would like to have seen if we got another possession if he scores number five because they could not cover him. They couldn't find him. They had no idea where he was. And when they did, he put moves on people that shook. I mean, the, the what was it his third touchdown that gave yeah. the first lead comes out and like puts a move on this dude and he falls. Like just just like just dude just fell. I he looked like Diggs running routes. Yeah, I I liked him when he first got here. I thought we should have featured him more early. I was wondering why, and he I feel like he came out and had some good performances, and then he kind of just got hidden on the depth chart. I don't know if that's because Beasley was having such a big year last year, but um, the man has stayed the course, and it's clearly uh, it's clearly showing. And our draft class looked uh, good there because he was what uh, fourth or fifth round pick, something like that. We yeah. scooped him up. I mean, he was I want to say the second or third receiver we drafted that year. He might have been. Mm. I. It was at least two, but I mean, he was not first. He was late. We did yeah. not get him up because there was there was a lot of knocks on him of why he wasn't going to translate. And then uh, <laughs> that was fun. Right. I mean, whatever. I don't know. People get that wrong all the time. So what do I know? I mean, I, there's definitely more late round receivers that pan out than top round receivers for sure. Sammy Watkins looking at you. But uh, I mean, I think a lot of the late round people have more to prove than the first rounders that, you know, They've been front runners their whole life. I think there's some grinders in the back that uh, find ways to continually prove and uh, show themselves. Whereas other people, when it's handed to them, they don't exactly work as hard. They don't continue to move up. They get passed by. Well, you know, and it's one of those things for me too. Like you, you want to talk about the transition transition from college to the NFL. You know, guys that go that late are normally guys that had to work. You know, they're 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 not on a on, on an all star team that you know they're oh i'm the i'm the number two guy but the number one guy gets quadruple covered by you know uh fau because they don't have anybody and so i'm just wide open all the time no he like these are dudes that go out and have to actually have to run routes actually have to work have to learn how to throw the football learn how to run the football because they're not just flat out faster than people or better than people they have to work at it and they get to the nfl going that doesn't change today I don't have to learn how to work. I've been doing this my whole life. Yeah, and I think that's also part of it, too, is with college, I think there's a lot more regiment to that and people that are on your ass. And I think when you're in the pros, I mean, there's a reason they call you a professional. You're now, I mean, held accountable to yourself a lot. Like, people aren't going to be babysitting you to make sure you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. They have their own shits, too. Right. So t- definitely a tough one. Um yeah, I, I agree with you on the overtime stuff. I would like to see the rule changed. I, I've thought the rules have been dog water for five seconds. Yeah, we've been talking about this for years. So this is not a new complaint just because we lost this game. The overtime in the NFL blows. It's the it's the only overtime. Not why we lost, but it blows. It's the only overtime in professional in American professional sports that doesn't allow both teams an opportunity offensively. 
And I'm sorry, like the people, there's people out there like, well, you, you know, a fumble scoop and score a pick six, you have a chance to score. Okay. How many passes are thrown in the NFL a year and how many pick sixes are there? Even if there's 15 pick sixes in a season, there's 20,000 passing attempts. Like, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I'm sorry. You're, you're off. The, this, this would be the equivalent of baseball saying, Hey, we're going to extras, but you only get to bat in the bottom if they don't score in the top. Yeah. <laughs> what? Thank like, you. Thank you. Hey, we're going to a shootout, but you guys don't get to shoot unless your goalie stops all five. I uh, I enjoyed Kyle Brandt's take, I, actually, on his overtime opinions yesterday, to which I've been avoiding I pretty much any talk about it. But for some reason, I stopped on the Twitter machine and I saw it. I don't know if you caught this, but his idea, I believe, was to play the 10-minute overtime outright so not the college overtime where you get back and forth possessions legit the overtime like the fifth quarter overtime 10 minutes play the whole thing period whoever's on you can score three times like a basketball overtime you play the whole quarter when it's over it's over whoever wins and if there's a tie there um i think he had a suggestion um because obviously at some point you're worried about player safety and playing too much um so I do believe he had a suggestion after that, but he also said, I mean, it's a 10 minute football game or a 10 minute quarter. What is, I think he had stats of how many times that would have been tied or has been tied like in all time. Yeah. Cause he, what he said was how many overtime games actually ended up going to a tie. And I think the number was two or something. It was something crazy. So 10 minutes basically is what he's saying is more than enough time for someone to have an outcome at the end of it. And Schrager turned around and said, well, uh, what if somebody has a nine minute and 50 second drive and kicks the field goal and ends that? To which I'm sorry. If you have somebody at this point, if you don't get a chance to get the ball there, because I guess that's his point is making is the team wouldn't have a chance to touch it. I'm going to say that if you can't get the ball in 10 minutes, you didn't deserve it anyway. So you can take the L. I'm more than okay with the other team not touching the ball there. 10 minutes, you couldn't get it back, and they owned you. Yeah, you lost, guy. I'm sorry. Right. You, you didn't deserve to get that one back. But for the most part, I would like to think that in a 10-minute quarter, both teams are going to touch that football. Yeah. So I kind of liked his idea. Um, I've always been a fan of the college overtime. But regardless, I think the current overtime is broken. And I also agreed with them that during the regular season, there should be an overtime. If you can't figure it out in four quarters, you just get your tie and move on. We're already giving people ties anyways because they can't figure it out in the OT for the regular season because we've seen a handful of those like the Steelers. So just give them the tie and move on and then make them play the 10 minutes in the playoff time. Because if you're worried about snaps and possession, let's not waste our time during the regular season. You can save your bodies and then come playoff time. Give me a 10-minute battle royale for the finish. I mean, I, I like that. And the other one I, that I heard that I liked was – uh, kind of a modified college version of its first and goal from the 40. You got four plays, score a touchdown, settle for a field goal, and then the other team gets a shot to do the same. And, you know, sure, and, I like that. And then it opens up the chess match. Like, all right, they kicked a field goal. I'm fourth and goal from the seven. Do I tie it and live to die another day? Or do I try to win it here and just walk away? I don't know. Yep. It, it, yep. It's another chess element to it. And I, well, that was the other thing he said too. I think he said in overtime, you're no, no extra points. You had to go for two, no matter what, like right. just things to make the game move, like to avoid the tie, obviously. But 
I mean, college did that too. They changed it. Remember after I think the third overtime, you can't kick extra points anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think at some point you can't kick field goals anymore either. You got to go for touchdowns no matter what. Like, yeah, it's, you know, like I don't, I don't know the exact. Sure. Answers. Sure. I'm open to any suggestions at this point. Yeah. Just something that doesn't, you know, I mean, really, it, it, it did it come down to a coin toss in this game? Yeah. Because neither defense was, was doing anything. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, in that regard, it's a bad way to put it, but yes, in that regard, because there was so much offense that when I mean, you're going to talk about a last possession game, theoretically, whoever got it in overtime had it for the last possession. Right. So you can make the argument, the coin toss did it. Now, obviously I don't think we're blaming that coin toss. No, no. that's just how it shook out because of the rules in this regard, but you know, and, that's life. Yeah. Should have been there. And, and my biggest thing too, is at the end of the day, like, uh, the people that are like, oh, the Bills defense was terrible. They didn't deserve to win the game. And the Chiefs defense did. The difference was yeah. they got off the hook. Like they didn't have to go, they didn't have to do it again. Yeah. That's then, just that's making the argument to fit your your team there. Right. So which is why I find the fact that the overtime needs to change is because we're not the only ones crying about it. Not that we're crying. Like I know us specifically aren't crying. Some people are crying, but we're not the only ones that have brought this up. This isn't the first time. It's been going on for years. So the fact is almost everybody's acknowledged it's broken at some point in time. Now, when it works out for you, that's great. And you can say what you want to say, but we all know at some point you've said this overtime is stupid. When you were watching, you know, the Steelers play the Jets in week seven and everyone's going, this is the dumbest overtime ever. Yeah. yeah, We've all said it at some point. So just acknowledge the fact that it sucks. I, on this very podcast, uh, I don't remember who my guest host was, but I sat there and said, we just watched the Steelers tie the Lions. Oh, Lions, thank you. And thank that, you. that could end up meaning they make the playoffs because they tied the worst team in football. I mean, there are two. There were two teams in the out, two or three teams in the outside looking in because the the Steelers got credit for tying the worst team in football. Yep. And if you play a college overtime, there is no ties. So somebody would have won that game. Right. So it's just, so there's just flaws, period, period. Whether you want to have overtime in the regular season or not, just the way the, the way the overtime is constructed to decide a game and a game of that magnitude is just wrong. I agree. Now, uh, that being said, I mean, the other three games this weekend were all very, very tight. And they ranged from flat out ugly to somewhat exciting. I mean, we almost saw another Tampa Tom comeback. We almost saw, I mean, the, the Bengals are doing just ridiculous, ridiculous Bengals things. We, well, I mean, Bengals are crazy. Bengals are crazy right now. You know, I, I mean, and not only are the Bengals crazy, but uh, d- uh, did they prove that the Titans were probably the worst one seed in recent history? Maybe. Maybe that one's tough for me. I still have a hard time saying that any number one seed was the worst one. I obviously you can rank teams and make the argument all you want to. I just, when I hear that, it feels like people were trying to tell me that the Titans were a bad team. And I just, I can't get on board with that thought with or without Derrick Henry. And I, I, I mean, I think Tannehill is an above average quarterback, but that's about it. I think his ceiling is always a little limited. Um, and without a play action game, he's obviously not a good quarterback to me, but if you give him a running game, which is true for a lot of people, but I think he's a little better 
than just your average Joe with the run game. But they won. We've talked about this. It's hard to win games in this league. There are teams that had starting quarterbacks and coaches and not a lot of injuries and only won two games. So it's hard to win in this league. I, so if you're the number one seed, you obviously won enough games to get there. And they played the majority of the same teams that we all did. So and they I can't. Some of, I mean, th- this was the first game since I believe they said week six or seven that they had all 22 listed starters playing in the game. And they took the one seed having gone through that. So yeah, and you got to get, yeah, you, you got to be a pretty good team. Oh, and I, NFL is a matchup too. So it's, you can have the greatest team ever, but if you don't match up to a team, right, we, you can tell it looks different. We've all seen that happen too. Like why does Miami beat New England all the time, but can't beat anybody. I, you know what I mean? Like right. there are just, there are things that exist out there that, you know, so in a one-off, when the Bengals played the Titans, everyone could go, oh, the Titans were a terrible one seed and didn't deserve to be there. I don't know. I mean, the Bengals also had to win games to get to a championship game. Can we just give credit to the Bengals that maybe they're a really good team too? I, why do the Titans have to suck? <laughs> I said before the playoffs started, uh, both on this, this podcast and on Two Point Conversation uh, on the discussion topics episodes, that the Bengals, in my opinion, were one of the most complete teams in the playoffs. There's not a whole lot of holes there. And the biggest question mark is still that defense or that offensive line. Yeah, it's their old line. And which, which if you can until, keep her all upright, you got a shot. Yeah, and, and up until this past week, that offensive line held up pretty well. Now, Burrow overcoming nine sacks is 100% a, a huge nod to him. No, nobody had, I mean, talk about an all-time stat. Nobody's ever been sacked nine times in a playoff game and won. Not only he was sacked nine times and threw a pick and didn't throw a touchdown and won a football game. Yeah. And this is where you're going to find the only shortcoming of Tennessee is they don't have enough explosiveness to keep up with the team who, even though you sack them nine times, if you can put it in the end zone, you need to keep pace. And when you're a run dominant control uh, game team, if you can't do that, it is hard. I mean, New England tried it too. And if they get their thumb on you in the first and second quarter, and they can shorten the game, play defense, and make things into their game, you know, they're a hard team to beat. But if you can get in in front of them, it's hard for them to keep pace with you. And, I mean, yeah, Henry came back, but, Jesus, he was out for how long with a foot surgery? I'll tell you. I understand that Cam Akers looked awesome when he came out, but I think the Titans leaned on him too much, and they should have been playing the game they were playing without him and just been happy for what he could have given them. But I think – making him their offense out of nowhere was a mistake. I agree. And I, I mean, you put, you haven't played with them since week eight, which means your offense has looked different since week eight, because I'm sorry, Donta Foreman did fine, but he's not Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry also didn't have that same powerful base upright running style that he has that allows him to stiff arm people in the next week that allows him to bounce off two, three, four, five, six, six different tacklers. You know, he, he has a very upright running style to the point that people have said, you know, uh, older, older defenders have said, you know, if you ran like that in my day, you'd be out in two years because, you know, the guys that played back then just hit different. And, you know, uh, you, you can't give me your chest to, to a guy that's going to come and try to rip your head off every time he gets a shot. And 
then you see that upright yeah. running. And then when you're not when you're not in game shape, all of a sudden running like that, it doesn't shake out so much. He should have been the biggest decoy on the field that day. Absolutely. I mean, he should have been the Terrell Davis migraine guy, just like, hey, just stand back there and run these play fakes as hard as you can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's, let's make make Tannehill look good today. This is the only way we have a chance. And, and Tannehill did not look good. Uh, I said it after this game. The you know how do how do you beat the Titans? Make Tannehill throw the football. Fifteen for twenty four for two twenty one touchdown and three picks. That's how you overcome getting sacked nine times. You know who Ryan Tannehill is? Matt Schaub. Yes, that is a great. He's an above average quarterback, and if you give him a Gary Kubiak play action offense, he can look like a stud for a while. But if you ask him to drop back and play QB twenty four seven. You can send him back to the Dolphins days. It doesn't look good. No. <laughs> no, he's he's definitely not, you know, running across the goal line, hitting you with that finger roll layup as he goes over the end zone line. Yeah, yeah, which is a great tool to his game, too, that he's got that because Schaub didn't have that. So I'll give Tannehill credit over Matt Schaub in the aspect that he can actually move the ball with his feet, which helps. But at the end of the day, as a core, pure passing quarterback, he's Matt Schaub. Yeah. Uh, a quarterback who is not Matt Schaub got beat by the 49ers. The GOAT. The alleged- I think I feel like Aaron Rodgers, how Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith feels about the Cowboys. It's just <laughs> every time he fails, I just want to laugh the joyous of laughs. Like, God, what a waste of time he is. I, I, my hatred for him is just at an all-time high. And watching him crumble is is the only thing saving me from this terrible week of a Bills loss. Like, thank God for Aaron Rodgers' existence. I love it. <laughs> I. It's sad that it took a lot. Like, I, I, I enjoyed watching the Titans lose because I, I and I, I like Vrabel as a coach, but I hate watching him as a person, if that makes yes, sense. Yes, I understand. And then, like, so, so we beat the Patriots last week. Then Vrabel got knocked out. And then Rogers got knocked out after his all, all his stupid, stupid BS this year. Uh, I might play. I might not play. I don't really want to pay it playing Green Bay. Okay, they give me a lot of money to play in Green Bay for one more year. All right, I'll do it. You know, oh, uh, you know, we're 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 the one seed. I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna be done. Uh, I, you know, I, maybe I'm just not feeling it anymore. And then after all that, and you're. Uh, your immunized versus vaccinated thing and that whole song and dance and going on the Pat McAfee show every fucking week and just saying something else stupid week in and week out. You come out and you get beat by the Niners who up until week 18 had not solidified a playoff spot. You got beat by what else can you say? You got beat by a quarterback who was 11 for 19 for 131 and a pick. Yeah, that no one really wants. I mean, they didn't want him. The Niners drafted up to get a new quarterback and then right. just kind of got stuck with him. <laughs> you know, and you're looking at like, okay, start of this year, Garoppolo did, was doing well. The team wasn't, but he was. And he kind of turned into the high-end, you know, Patriots game manager that he was when he had a decent season with them that made everybody want him after that one year. And there's another, yeah. another Matt Shabby. Yeah. The action quarterback works great. If Jimmy G's got to do it himself, not going to go so well. Right. Uh, I am intrigued. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Niners have a great D and a great running game, and I can see why they're in games, but I'm sorry. You walk around with the title, the GOAT, and, uh, you know, that bad man, whatever. You, it just His talent's unbelievable, but his head has ruined his career 
and it's going to continue to. We're going to, I mean, for somebody who should be at the top of every list on the planet, I think we're going to, Aaron Rodgers, is, is the way he's going, and there's still time for him to fix this, but the way he's, I'm going to call it fading out of the NFL right now, he's going to fade out of everyone's memory at some point too. He's only going to get remembered for how he became, he clowned at the end of his career essentially is the best way I can put it because that's what he's doing. Because you're not winning games, and now you're just you're becoming almost a problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you're a regular season stud. Um, great. <laughs> yeah, my favorite, my favorite. Awesome. Regular season champion didn't do shit in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, those numbers are bad. Now, I like you put the stats up of anyone who's won Super Bowls and stuff compared to him in the last twenty years. Those things are all funny because you get guys like Trent Dilfer who have one and stuff like that. That's funny, haha. But I mean, at some point, you gotta, you really gotta look at it. Like, like you said, how many games you keep winning in these regular seasons, and you're sitting these one seeds, and then you're going down to teams. Like, at least I lost to the Chiefs. Yeah, I went swinging. I didn't take a, a an egg to the Niners, who backed into the playoffs at the end. Right. I, you know, you. I mean, a perfect example on stats. You you put up. Uh, Garoppolo stats next to Allen stats and you tell somebody one of these two is playing for a conference championship the other one one went home they're laughing going like yeah this is easy and they're wrong because stats are you know they they're just numbers did anyone check the Niners Wikipedia page does it by chance say owner of Aaron Rodgers or Uh, somebody should change it I'm I'm going to go look and if it's not I'm going to change it if on Aaron Rodgers' Wikipedia page it doesn't say the Niners are daddy, that's wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got some Wikipedia work to do. <laughs> Mid times. I'm sorry I didn't do my homework before we started. I should have looked <laughs> it up. My, I didn't realize we were going to get here, so my bad. <laughs> well, you know, we never know where we're going to get. Me, me and you have that's this true. uncanny ability to just talk it through and not really have a plan. So it's true. I don't even write stuff down anymore. I've been doodling my name on this piece of paper for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like I have a heart really. here too. Ooh. Well, I just want you to think I'm doing something important while you're staring at me this whole time. Listen, man, I, I generally like when I hear that click, 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 click of the pen, I know you're not doing anything important. <laughs> well, I got to stop doing that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You got a little bit more writing. <laughs> Take notes. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, the Rams who, are look like they figured something out uh they they look like they have finally put it together after a weird up and down and back up season yeah they need to play four quarters if they play four quarters they're i mean i want i want a chiefs Rams super bowl um i know this is weird to say but this has always been the philosophy in my world so i want the chiefs to win just because I don't want there to be any question of if I would have won, I was obviously the favorite. So if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, as far as I'm concerned, I was going to win the Super Bowl. That's going to hurt more at the end, but it's satisfying on some level. Nonetheless, the Rams are the only team that I think have a chance to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but they have to play four quarters. And I don't, I haven't really seen a lot of four quarter football games out of the Rams outside of the early part of the season. I mean, their team, that defense is crazy. The run game, especially with Akers back. Stafford is always shown to be a high-caliber quarterback when he's slinging it how he should be. But which Stafford am I going to get? 
which run game am I going to get? Am I going to have a second half collapse where I let, you know, Tom Brady roll back in? I'd say I like the Rams and I think that Super Bowl would be close to our Super Bowl that we played last week, but it would be fun to watch. I mean, th- that would be reminiscent of the Rams Chiefs game that we thought we were going to get. What is it? Three, three Super Bowls ago where the Rams played the Chiefs on Monday night. and It was like 54 yeah, that Monday night. And then, yeah, I remember, uh, I remember being at the bar watching that game. That, that game was the craziest regular season game. I think anyone's ever seen that was nuts. Yeah. And then the Patriots came out and shocked the, uh, shocked the chiefs in overtime. And then we, what, what was like a nine to nine to six Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most boring Super Bowl of all time. Just watching McVay stare at the scoreboard, wondering where solid points were. Right. <laughs> Well, what, do you, what do you mean I can't still talk to my quarterback after a certain amount of time? That's not fair. Yeah, I can't tell him where to throw it, too. Where's my Xbox controller? Hey, credit to him, though. He he made Jared Goff look uh, competent. He sure did. And, you know, I, I think those two getting away from each other is beneficial and has been. I think Goff has done really well for what's going on out in Detroit. And, I do too. I feel bad he's in Detroit because I thought he had a good year for as bad as their record had been shown. I, you know, and I think the, the Lions are in a great position. I think they have the best possible bridge quarterback you can find until like, and you can build the rest of your team and then say, okay, Goff's near the end here. Let's go find a quarterback. Yeah. And that's the thing. Goff isn't exactly old. So there's not any studs coming out right this minute. So you don't have to race it. You can focus on the rest of the team. And then hopefully, you know, land your guy at some point in the next couple of years. But you don't have to live and die on that draft. You can actually load up holes that you have and let, uh, you know, a Super Bowl playing quarterback actually help you out for a while. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, this game, this this Rams-Bucks game was, like you said, Rams couldn't play four quarters. I mean, went up 20 to three at half and had to kick a field goal as time expired to put the bucks away because Tom Brady almost did what Tom Brady always seems to do. And, you know, I, it's, it's interesting to see now Brady all of a sudden went from mid season. Oh, I'm going to play till I'm 50 to, well, if I can't play at a championship caliber, I got to turn the reins over to somebody else. And, you know, uh, I kind of got to be not wrong. Maybe, it could be the truth. I mean, I don't think the guy was blowing smoke up our ass. Obviously, it's a lot easier to say, I'm going to play forever when you're in the middle of winning games and, you know, you're the best team in the NFC for that stretch. So, and it's emotional. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I was never going to watch football again after Sunday night. That didn't last long, but I can agree with you that. You know, we know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, just, uh, I can definitely, I understand him at least thinking about it. I get it. I get what he was saying, but geez, you got to, the man's old, and I'm sure his body feels differently after playing, what, three equivalent of three seasons of playoff games or something crazy. I mean, the man's played a lot of football. Yes, and I, you know, he, he also made the comment that, you know, well, Giselle kind of freaks out a little bit every time he gets hit, and then, you know, he, and he's got to got to think about being the best thing he can be for his wife, which is being a good husband and be what he needs to be for his kids, which is a good father and you know, a lot of things that all of a sudden don't sound like the cocky Tom Brady. I'm the best. Nobody touches me. But I mean, the dude just, I mean, he was 
the statistical leader across the board in passing this year and is probably going to be the MVP again. I, like he should he should be the MVP because I mean I know we don't count the playoffs but if anyone watched it Rogers get pissed off yeah I agree <laughs> I mean and you're so you're talking about a dude who is coming off like leading statistical categories and almost led another great comeback and oh if I can't play at a championship caliber like so you didn't win a championship like you won your division but you didn't win the conference championship or the Super Bowl so you're hanging it up I don't know well ever- when you have that many that's the standard guy. Yeah, that's fair, I guess. What do you want? It's not like Rodgers can't say that because everyone would laugh at him. He's only got one. He doesn't know what championship standard is. Sure, he, he doesn't does. have one. Yes, he does. It's it's that championship standard of making the NFC title game and just not quite pulling it off. Yeah, it's in his ponytail somewhere. <laughs> it's in his. Uh, yeah, I mean Brady can say that as far as Rodgers. I hate the fact that I like the man at this rate, but. Sure. If I don't win another Super Bowl and I already have eight, then I guess something's wrong. I, I don't know. I'm supposed to win them all, right? Right. I I, I think he uh, I think he comes back. Honestly, I really do. I think this is a uh, you know I lost, but I think if he looks at it and realizes how banged up they were, but at the same time, you got to think about he's not the only one that's got to go out there. So he's got to look at what's coming back to that team. Does he think that team's good enough to go win one? Because I'm sorry, his age, if he doesn't really think the whole team can do it because he's not the only one, I'd be thinking about leaving too. Like at some point, you got to be done. At some point, you got to be done. Right. So do you want to be one year too late where you go out there and your team, you know, is two years removed from the Super Bowl and you're missing pieces and you're on the down? Like, do you just go out now because it was still – no one's going to say boo to you if he leaves after the championship game. Right. But if he holds on – I mean, not that it's ever going to tarnish his legacy, but do you want to get beat up for a year before you decide to go? I mean, it might not be the worst idea that you had a really good year and if it came just short, but, you know, like he said, the man's healthy. He didn't get his ass kicked. Like, what if he goes out next year and they're, they're the creamsicle bucks and he's on his ass all year? Like, that's shit. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, he, he took that hit. I think it was from Von Miller that busted his lip open during that game. And as much as it was fun to see old Tom Brady crying at a referee again, it was really fun to not see the flag <laughs> come out. Uh, and then didn't he – he actually himself got flagged during that for whatever he said to the to the referee which was also fun to see but can't call uh, him a cocksucker can't call him a cocksucker it's not okay, it's not okay what's anymore. the show rated <laughs> tvma always oh good it's been a while i haven't been around <laughs> yeah we haven't reached the point where i have to put a uh a bumper at the top like i do for common debauchery but we might get there someday i'll tell you what if if uh if if this thing's still going and the bills win a super bowl they're going to need to put all the ratings on this one because we're going to party <laughs> <with the> camera <laughs> yeah oh yeah absolutely absolutely so um, on special websites <laughs> <laughs> so uh real quick here Bengals and chiefs sunday three o'clock i know you said you want the chiefs to win you want the chiefs to win it all so you know you can say well we lost to the champions and that means we like if we gave them the best game down the road especially that puts us in the conversation for that would have been us. Um, who do you think wins this one? Do you think the chiefs take it? Uh, I think a lot of people are going to think this game is a little more easier to pick than it is. Cause I think on paper, you just go, yeah, chiefs all day. And we have to remember the Bengals beat the chiefs earlier in the year, but the offensive line hole for the Bengals still scares me. And I don't think Burrow overcomes a shootout with these chiefs like he did, you know, with Tennessee, I think 
there's too much offense that it's just he's not going to be able to keep pace. I think it's going to be a game. Um, I'm not just, you know, crowning the Chiefs right away, especially after what happened last week. And who knows, the way people come out big games like that, that's a lot of emotion there to uh, be riding the game out that long. Um, but at the same time, Chiefs have kind of been there, done that. And I just don't I, – the Bengals are there, and they're going to be a problem for a minute, I think, especially if they get their O-line put together. But I don't think this is their year, regardless of my personal feelings of, you know, Bill's vindictiveness or whatever. I think the Chiefs win this game. I think they do too, because I think the only way the Bengals do win this game is if they can win the shootout that the Bills just lost. And I don't know that they hold up. Uh, I they, their defense is going to make stops yeah. and not make it a shootout. Because I think if you just call the game a shootout, the, the Bengals can't keep up with that because they're going to if – you, if you're asking Burrow to throw the ball that much with that offensive line, there's going to be turnovers there that change that game at some point. So shootout's a no for me. Their defense is going to – Cincinnati's defense is going to have to actually win that game for them as opposed to Burrow, I think. Right, and I don't I don't think they can, which is why, like, again, if the Bengals win, they're going to have to win the shootout that the Bills just lost, and I don't think they can. So Yeah, that'll be we'll, – we'd probably be watching a better game than what we just saw then. <laughs> so, uh, and then 49ers-Rams. Uh, Niners playing good defense, running the football, you know, and, and really trying to keep the ball away from people. Just trying to milk clock and, you know, win. They're trying to win that, you know, 21 to 17 ball game. And I'm not sure where they're getting 21 from because they can't put the ball in the end zone. Unless it's Debo. This uh, this matchup will really shake you. I don't know what to do with it. Which I don't think anyone really knew what to do with the regular season matchup either. Because this is one of those games where if you just look on paper, Rams smoke Niners all day. But in the NFL, we live in the world of matchups. And for some reason, the Niners... And kind of like Green Bay, you know, the way they match up, it's just not good for that opposing team, well, which the teams that can run the ball and play defense are a hot commodity in this league. They're kind of a dying dinosaur, but when one shows up on the field, they're hard to fucking beat. <laughs> yeah, especially come playoff time. Um, it, it, interesting. I mean, how do the Titans make a number one seed? Run the ball and play defense. Right. <laughs> so, interesting thing here, the, the Rams are limiting who can buy tickets to this game by not allowing anybody with a billing address outside of the city of Los Angeles to buy tickets. That's because awesome. the last time they played, the Niners fans took over because LA doesn't have fans for either team. Nope. Nope. Why would, I mean, there's nobody cares. I mean, and people in LA, they openly admit this. There's just the market for TV, which is kind of annoying for me because I mean, maybe it's just us and where we live and our attachment to this team and the fact that not being in the biggest city on the planet, the Bills are a major part of my city experience. Whereas if you're in L.A., I don't think you need a professional sports team to enjoy the city. The city's got so it's so big and so much to do. Like, who cares? Great. There's another professional. I mean, they're spoiled. They already have seven teams anyways. They don't know the right. difference. So what did you expect? Don't all of a sudden give a shit because you have an L.A. team going to the Super Bowl and you want fans to show up. You didn't deserve a team there in the first place. There wasn't a need for one. So that's why no one cares. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's funny to see, and it's funny that I don't have to deal with it. And it's also funny that my team doesn't have to do that because my city will buy tickets for it. So I think it's hilarious. I love watching it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I also think it's wrong. Just sort yeah. of clear. I, I, I think the thing that bothers me the most, I know that's where we were getting. So I'll give you yeah. the answer. I think it's wrong. <laughs> I, 
I also think it's funny. Like I said, I think it's, it annoys me that like, we're talking about a team that's like, they're begging their residents to buy tickets to a, to the NFC championship game. And uh, like our place would be, people would be shooting each other in the streets for tickets to the AFC championship game held in Buffalo. And we're also like every year, there's a little murmur of, you know, Oh, do we do a new stadium or do we move the team? Which, you know, I know that was more, uh, more prevalent years ago before the Pagulas bought it. But I mean, it, it came up in the conversation again this year with the whole, uh, you know, whether or not to build the new stadium. And, you know, the Pagulas kind of said like, well, you know, if we don't get the, the assistance that we're looking for, maybe we look at, maybe we have to look elsewhere. And, you know, here's LA with nine pro pro sports franchises begging people to buy tickets. It just pisses me off. Yeah. Why don't we move the bills to LA and give them another team? I bet they'd have fans show up to that though. Probably. Because there's Bills backers. I think the city of Buffalo would just move to Los Angeles. You'd be like, excuse us, we're coming in now. <laughs> you guys are going to learn what blue collar means. Yeah, we're Buffalo, LA. Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that. That's got to stop. <laughs> uh, I'm taking the Niners here. I want the upset. I picked I picked a Niners-Bills Super Bowl. I want to be half right. Niners-Bills Super Bowl. Man, Boomer would have been in his heyday. Yeah, that's what, um, I made that pick. That's what I said. So, I don't know who would win. I, this this one's hard for me to pick. So, what I am going to do is I'm going to pick the old Philip Rivers pick. Uh, I want my boy Stafford to win just because he lived in Detroit purgatory for so long, and I want him to make the best of this opportunity because uh, I like the man. So, I'm rooting for the Rams. I'd flip a coin on picking this game, but uh, I am going to pick the Rams regardless. I don't think the Niners. I just I, they don't have enough to me. The Rams play a complete game. They don't they don't have enough to win matchup or not. But this is going to be one of those games where the Rams are going to have to play like the Patriots, run the ball, then control the game early. But if they have to play from behind, this game is over, and that's why I'm taking the Rams because I think they're going to be playing from behind. I'll take a hot start from the Rams. I don't care about a second half collapse. Garoppolo doesn't have enough to bring them back like Tommy Tom. So Rams. Yeah. I don't really care who comes out of this one. I'm all, like I said, I'm only picking the Niners because that was my preseason pick from the NFC. But uh, I, like, it's not a bad pick at all. Like I said, there, this game could go either way. It really, it, it's going to be. I think the first half will decide the majority of the game. I got one more quick topic for you before we call call this, and it's just I want your opinion on one thing I heard from a friend of mine saying. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of talk about Bills coaches, both Dable and Frazier, getting interviewed across the league for head coaching vacancies. And one of the things that I heard in regards to Leslie Frazier is that he is too old as far as a defensive coordinator. He's too old school minded in his defensive philosophies, which is why the Bills defense struggles in certain places that it does like at the 13 seconds uh, or, you know, in the world of containing Pat Mahomes, like his his idea of, of stopping a mobile quarterback is to not go after the quarterback and keep him in the pocket. That may work with Lamar, who doesn't throw well. But with Mahomes, he does. So that philosophy doesn't work. You still have to go go get after the quarterback a little bit. Uh, I want. I, I'm just curious of what your thought on something like that would be. Do you think? Do you think Frazier's philosophy needs to be updated a little bit? Should he stay as Buffalo's defensive coordinator? Well, I mean, uh, if you're going to pump out number one defenses, you can stay as long as you want to, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, in that regard, whether his philosophy is too old or not, I don't. 
I don't know. I find it hard to believe that somebody can last this long in this league with old philosophies. There's got to be some sort of adaptation that keeps you around this long. I feel like it's the same in business. Like if you're not growing, you're dying. So that's, I can understand why somebody would say that or where they would get that from when you watch little snippets. I guess you can take any kind of opinion you want to from a, a small sample size, but my sample size was would be how long has Leslie Frazier been in this league? He's got to be doing something right to still be here. And he just had a number one defense. So do I want him to stay? Hell yeah. I mean, why wouldn't I? I think I would be stupid not to. In terms of him being old in general and not getting a head coaching job, I can kind of see that just because we've seen a little bit of like the Vic Vangio action. I, I do think the trend in general is younger up and coming as opposed to established names. So I think he might get jobbed a little bit in that regard in terms of a head coaching search, but not because of his defensive standpoints. Right on. So uh, that's uh, yeah, Dave can stay too forever. As far as I'm concerned, we don't have to break up any of this party, but uh, I have a feeling Dave is going to be out. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. And I, I find it weird with some of the complaints I had about Dable with some of his offensive stuff early in the year. And again, I saw some of it in the middle of this game this past week, but I'm still sitting here going like the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't. Right. I mean, Josh is one offensive coordinator for his entire career. and He's gotten better every season. So uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Why do I have to, why, I don't have to fix what's not broken. I mean, I made some some errors in 13 seconds. Otherwise, I'm you know I'm right back in this AFC Championship game again. So like I don't know, I don't think coaching changes are the answer to that per se. I mean, obviously, if we have to, we have to. But if I'm the Bills, I'm not looking outside of Dable and then Dable leaves. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm I'm not moving on from him unless he goes. Hey guys, I'm going elsewhere. And I I mean, everyone has games in the middle of the year it'll make you question things you can go back and point to like oh we had this stretch here there's also a bit of a marathon to a season when you know you're a playoff team and you're not playing game to game to just win and somebody brought up a good point to me a long time ago about Belichick and how it looks like he plays certain games in the regular season strictly for tape so that way because he knows he's going to see you again whether you're a divisional opponent or whatever he plays things a certain way to see what you do on tape. So later in the year, he can have what he really wants to do. I mean, that's gotta, that's gotta be, so there's gotta be some truth to that, whether or not you play an entire game plan like that, but you have to be putting things on tape in order to go up and watch film. So it might not look like the greatest thing to us or it didn't go well, but I guarantee that's the whole point of it. They have to go look at it and assess, you know, what we're throwing out, what we're adding to it, what we're changing. So, I mean, you again, you can nitpick anything you want to from a small sample size, but I have to take a large sample size and go, my offense and defense have been dominant for years now. So, sure, have there been bad games in there? Yes, but everyone's had bad games. Ask everyone who lost to the Jets or the Jaguars this year. Somehow, they had a bad game that day. Right. What, what am I going to do? I'm not firing Dable over a loss like that. You know what I mean? One of these days in the near future, I want to get you and the stat man on and I'm going to, we're going to do like a, like a skip and fucking Shannon or whatever, or a first take type thing. I just play referee and let you two go back and forth. Cause I think me and you are, are a lot closer than me and him are on things. And I think yeah, that's, just- that's apparent. That's very apparent. That yeah. show sounds like my nightmare. I'm going to need some booze for that. Oh, don't uh, <laughs> listen. We can do it live so I can actually like tell you two to shut up in person. So yeah, uh, sure. Well, I'll I- sit in the room. 
Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll all hang out. But that's going to wrap it up here for us on uh, episode 76 of Hats, Tats, and Stats, a championship. Hey, 76, what a number. Right. I just happened to play. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I had to. You're, you're good. Uh, I just have you finished. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hats, Tats, and Stats is a championship caliber podcast out of the Buffalo, New York area, a Buffalo centric podcast with a lot of pro sports mixed into it. Today was Bills heavy because of the nature of the season, but uh, we do do all pro sports across the board and uh, obviously going forward without the bills playing and the Sabres being somewhat mediocre, it'll be more pro sports centric and, uh, <laughs> I'm getting laughed at for the somewhat mediocre comment there, but, uh, Hey, we got goalies throwing hip checks. I'm good. Let's let's party. But, uh, yeah, do it. That's part of the BACBP radio network, www.bacbp-radio.com. You can click on the menu, click on podcast, the sports tab, and then find the hats, tats, and stats logo, or you can find us on Facebook hats, tats, and stats podcast on Instagram and Twitter at HTS underscore pod. You can like, follow, share, subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google, Google podcast, Amazon music, anywhere else you get your podcast from. And uh, T wave. Good to have you back in the fold, bud. That was awesome. I'm out of breath listening to you right there. I don't know how you have all that memorized, but that was uh worst the price of admission right there. I, uh, I do it every day. So it's what I do. Banging. But uh, great time. All right. With that being said, uh, we will catch you guys next week. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully custom sublimated uniforms and apparel that will have you looking great on and off the field. Get your custom-made pro-quality gear today at stingerwoodbats.com and put that S on your chest. Use promo code TIP of the CAP, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great.